would do again. Uh, so you've been this, been doing this a long time. Yeah, 31 years. Did you think when you first got behind that bar, this is it? Did, did it feel, did it feel like, hey, this is, this is something or, or, uh, it's just, just happenstance that, that it's, you know, honestly, no, you, you don't think about it that way. I mean, I was enjoying my work. I was enjoying tending bar. Uh-huh. Uh, I was making decent money, making great friends. Um, you know, I was, I was loving the life. It was fantastic. I could sleep in every day. Never set an alarm ever, except for tea times and court dates. You know, that's my joke. I get, you know, quality sleep every freaking night. It's phenomenal. I, I love the life. Welcome, everyone, to episode 24 of the History by the Glass podcast. It's your tour of Portland, Oregon's famously historic and infamously endangered bars, pubs, and saloons. Tonight, we're sharing with you one of our favorite watering holes, the Stockpot Broiler, and one of the best waterers of those holes, Stockpot Bartender Andy Mason. I'm your co-host, Nathan P. Gale, and with me as always... Directly to my right is my good pal and better drinking buddy, the Clavin to my Peterson, Alfredo V. Moreno. How the hell are you doing, buddy? Hey, you got my middle initial in eh, there. Yeah, why the first not? Time. Uh, just... We're only 24 episodes in. <laughs> well, but... I thought everybody should learn uh, something new about us. Yes, and, and I every... won't reveal the name, but at least you know I'm not my father. So uh, there we go. Please. Uh, let's toast. We, uh, we like to share what we're drinking here before we dive back into one of these. Correct. Yes, every, um, every so episode gets a cheers. First. And a sip. Not simulated. Well, I just... Mine's literally exploding all over my... Well, I can see there from your <laughs> from your uh, explosion of, of... This has gone horribly wrong. bottled beer. Horribly wrong. Well, maybe I clinked you too hard. Oh, my God. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> you know what? We've been doing these for... <laughs> We're a little rusty, but... <laughs> we didn't think that rusty. <laughs> that's pretty, uh, I, that's pretty uh, rusty. Yeah. My jeans are soaked with... Uh, uh. <laughs> delicious, imported from Ireland, established in 1960, Harp Lager, St. James Gate, Dublin. Uh, that's Harp. Uh, I thought it was older than 1960, but hey, 1960. 1960. Uh, yeah. It is currently soaking into my jeans. <laughs> Your jeans uh, are from 1958, so yeah. that's, that's pretty uh, that's pretty. Yeah. Uh, we've never toasted and had someone just wear the drink as we've have well, maybe <laughs> right uh, this minute how about you should i give you another toast we're currently conspicuously dry over there I'm, I'm pouring onto my lap a, a nice smittix from ireland uh, irish made red ale smittix established a, a bit earlier 1710 uh believe it or not wow wow that's um, a and of course uh we are drinking uh uh, two Irish-ish beers because uh, we are recording very close to St. Patrick's Day. Aye, lad, so. in a few hours. So the Pete, man. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah. uh, boy, we shouldn't give anybody more of these <laughs> horrible Irish accents. Well, uh, so far, so good. Uh, I think that the, the episode that, uh, that we're bringing to you uh, is going well so oh, far. What a start. <laughs> um, we haven't done an official episode in quite some time. I want to say uh, we sent one out in January that we uh, that we no no that can't be right. Uh, we sent one out in, it was in December. The late fall. 
We should probably should have researched that. Couldn't have been before Thanksgiving, I tell you that much, uh, that we went out. That's right. Nate was off the sauce for a little while, but I can confirm that these are not stunt beers. Uh, He is ingesting, and I'm back. uh, his liver, it can hear the diesel. I can smell the fumes. I hit my doctor in the head with a tire iron, and I said, (laughs) I'll take care of this. Don't you worry. It's uh, good to have you back, buddy. On on behalf of all of our listeners, Well, I know you were were wringing those hands so, so hard (laughs) that I could hear it in King City and uh, and where I'm stationed, and so... uh, no, I'm happy to be back, and this is an official episode. This is not a your shot in the dark bullshit no, no, that we no, were trying sorry. to no offense, roll Bill. out. Uh, uh, Bill, though, uh, hats off to Bill. Oh. Uh, if you are listening in chronological order, and you just got through Bill's interview, uh, didn't Bill do great? He really surprised us. I bet when you saw Bill on the docket, uh, and you recognized Bill as the guy who shat his shorts in that anniversary episode we did, <laughs> uh, you thought, oh no, no more of Bill. But he redeemed himself uh, like like Easter Christ, I thought. He was fantastic. Bill really the Redeemer. We're holidays, aren't we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Let's stay on track. Well, I'm a man of the holiday. I love a good theme. Uh, anyway... Uh, okay, here we are. Um, well, I say we quickly get into this because, uh, first of all, uh, please, please. do you want to change? <laughs> do you want to put some sweatpants on? Well, I'm or? just going to go. I'm just going to do the fucking thing live. If you're, if you're where I'm sitting, you're, you're looking at a, a pint and a half I'm of a respected person when I'm not on this mic harp sitting in your creative God, partner's I lap. And it. that's hey, uh, when you spill, when life spills a harp in your crotch, <laughs> oh man, make, go on, make harp and aid soldier on. Now, uh, we got to quickly get into it. So we cannot, yeah. uh, we cannot talk about the, uh, OLCC Oregon liquor, nope. uh, a story uh, about the uh, wonderful uh, uh, back alley uh, dealing of high-end yep. liquors. We cannot either uh, properly eulogize Kirstie Alley, who uh, passed away and we haven't talked about it all. Oh, uh, our favorite barmaid uh, slash bar manager of, uh, of 80s fame. The best one. Anything else that we can't talk about? Um, I'm sure something's closed. I'm sure something's opening. I'm sure someone is uh, consolidating with a uh, yeah, vendor somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, we can't talk about it. I'm sorry. We're very busy. We must, we must move on. All right, so I hope you're not driving your car to the same speed that we're, uh, that we're uh, moving forward, but, but let's get into it. Everyone, we now find ourselves on the dark side of the moon, observing... Portland area bars without the assistance of the history by the glass manuals. So we wondered what near and dear historic bar would make for the proper Armstrongian giant leap for our two man mission. You know, we, uh, we turned to each other in our metaphorical <laughs> rocket ship. <laughs> this is your worst reading of all time. <laughs> I'm auditioning for... For the role of podcaster, we had uh, Kokomo blaring, we had our Wayfarers on, and we said at the same time, our favorite bar, home to our favorite bartender, stop, stockpot, say it with me, stockpot, okay, Uh when we actually get the clean run of that? Yes, absolutely. Why don't, why don't you? Well, sure, if you want to. <laughs> Stockpot. Stockpot. High fives around. <laughs> I couldn't tell in the notes if that was literal. Oh, no. That it was could in brackets. Have been. Oh, no. We'll put a sound, of, sound effect of a high five uh, in there. I don't have that sound effect. The Stockpot Broiler. 
Attached to the Red Tail Golf Center is technically in Beaverton, but if you leaned to your left, you'd be in Portland. Either way, it's pretty close to the places we've lived for the last 10 years. Alfredo, there have been many, many occasions we've bellied up at the lounge in the stockpot, but never have we thoroughly scrubbed the walls of time and dug for the bodies of history like we do to our assigned history by the glass official bar selections. So let's shit where we eat, buddy, and get nuts. Alfredo, take off your rose-colored glasses and tell us a little-known fact about the one-of-a-kind stockpot broiler. Holy moly. Well, uh, if I may first translate that intro, <laughs> yes. my uh, erudite uh, friend and colleague. And the, podcast partner. And podcast partner, first and foremost, and former neighbor. Nathan P. Gale. Right. What he was trying to say and all that is we've never had to do any of these without Paul Pintrich's book called History by the Glass. This is a wild time for us in the podcast. So here we go. This is it. This is the oh. episode, the first episode where we've done primary research. And it's one of our favorite bars of all time. And we're going to try our best. We talked to people at the Stockpot. We talked a little bit about this, about, hey, here's how we're going to proceed moving forward. Yeah, we drink there. And now we're going to try to share its history we'll and its history. story. We're going to try to do the history. This is, this is us. And I've got beer history. soaking through my uh Thank God we're not at a, at a lecture hall in front of people. This is this live. Is, this is in our podcast. Heddle, heavily edited live. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Stockpot Broiler Restaurant and Lounge Please. was established sometime between 1974 and 75. Our, key, uh, our uh, key targets for primary research weren't sure exactly. Uh, That's pretty... Th- totally fine that's Close. pretty good we'll yeah. take it uh-huh. we'll take it they didn't say 70s let's <laughs> say 60 to 79 yeah exactly uh so the stockpot broiler uh, you know it's the moderately upscale delightfully vintage bar and restaurant at the red tail golf course a public course as nathan said located in the portland beaverton tigered borderlands here uh here this is where i live right so i'm in these borderlands more or less uh where the welcome to uh, city signs kind of change from block to block. You never. When I first moved here, I was like, "Where the hell am I?" I'm in Beaverton. One oh, minute, Tigard. I'm like in a, Portland. I'm, I've gone like I've been driving for five minutes. Yeah, it's like a Bruce Springsteen song. You didn't know what what uh, neck of the woods. It's ridiculous yeah. out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the th- here's the thing. Uh, this place. So this place was all farmland out here, right? This yeah. is the where this is the burbs. Okay, okay, all you Portland proppers who listen to this. We are in the burbs. We're outing yeah. ourselves as suburbanites, dazzling, dazzling suburbanites. suburbanites of that. And, and, and uh, uh, yeah, you're just going to have to put your pretensions to the side here, folks. And, and imagine farmland, if you know what that is yeah. there. Uh, and we're in it. We're farmland. in the middle of it. So up until uh, this was farmland, up until it was acquired by the city of Portland in the, mid, in the mid-50s for the specific purpose of adding a golf course. They had to have a golf course here. Leisure. Because the uh, the zoo apparently was replacing a nine hole course. And so they had to uh, they had from, to put a new eighteen hole course. Nine to because eight the golfers golf were you know held a lot of water in this town. Uh, so anyway, that's how this place comes to be. They buy out the farmers. Um, and the stockpot has been a golf course bar since its inception. So first at what was called uh, what was then called Progress Downs. Yep. And uh, and most recently, the Red Tail. Uh, Red Tail was built here, uh, basically remodeled the shit out of the Progress Downs at the turn of the millennium, 1999. Yeah, you I remember, remember what a... <laughs> 
daunting time that was. I don't know how anybody did anything. We were so worried about what would happen to us in 2000. But I remember this as progress downs. I, I, in fact, sometimes I refer to it as progress downs. Wow. And not not to, Like Meyer and Frank. Sometimes I'll call Macy's Meyer and Frank. Good uh, for you. Uh, well, it's not... I'm not holding to any, you know, uh, tenants of, of, of living. I'm... I'm uh, uh, dumb in the head, and I'm locked into a, a year of, of my life that I can't, I can't move past. That's what this whole goddamn podcast yeah, is pretty, about. Pretty much. Welcome. There's your, there's your slogan. You're there you locked go. into a year you can't move past. Yeah, perfect. That's yeah. us. That's <laughs> you listening. Yep. Uh, well, it's always been the stock pot broiler. Mm-hmm. It's never been anything else. Uh, the restaurant. It, um, so it's one of the, it's one of the oldest continually operational bars and restaurants in this part of the metro. Which again, if you're a big fan of Jake's famous crawfish or Huber's, okay, it's not been around since the 19th century, but mid 70s, continually operated, same name. That's pretty fucking old. That, that and that checks our boxes. That's yeah, so. pretty fucking old, mm-hmm. uh, and it still boasts much to our pleasure its original logo, which is one of the best damn logos you'll find for any bar and restaurant anywhere in the city in the metro, and. I think I speak for you, Nate. Please. If we had one message at the onset of this podcast to any of the bar's decision makers uh-huh. who might be listening to this, it would just be cherish the original logo. Uh, yeah. Cherish that logo. Yeah, if it were to ever go away, you might find a knockoff t-shirt on uh, sale somewhere on Amazon that uh, <laughs> one of these podcasters created. Uh, somebody's just licking their chops <laughs> waiting to profit. It's a great logo. It's, it's got the flames. Uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, how you, no. you, have you ever worked in a design? Do you have any sort of eye for this kind of thing? I don't. But uh, if I were to say <laughs> what it were, it would be uh, a uh, 70s era logo. And it's <laughs> fantastic. Pinpoint perfect. Yes, it's a beaut. I would, a beaut. I would uh, yeah, date that sucker 78, 79, somewhere around oh, there. Oh, man. Yeah. And it blazes forth on a big bright sign, not neon, but it it's right there out. It's you know, called the, the stockpot. It's got a stockpot in it, and the w- word stockpot is incorporated into it, and it's got that classic burnt orange and dark brown mm. 70s oomph to it. Oh, and, oh yeah. My God. Like uh, a, eat it up. Like a suit Madeline Kahn would wear <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the day. Absolutely. So, uh, as I mentioned, Nate and I actually went to the stockpot, um, which we've been to a fair amount of times. Yes. And I think we'll discuss that later. But we went and we, we chatted. We, uh, we set up an appointment and talked to Murray Miller, owner of the Stockpot. And Murray was so g- gracious to meet us and uh, sit down with us. It was the first official sit down we've ever had. We've had unofficial sit downs where we've met uh, owner or senior staff yeah, of the bars kind of by happenstance. At, just by happening to be there yeah, yeah exactly what the, what the hell are you two idiots doing here uh, but, but we this we actually wrote down in our date books 10 30 meet with murray <laughs> yes it was, it was during the day it yes. was a business meeting it was a business meeting no one had spilled I, beer on the no, crotch no, at that point no but i did wear my dirtiest braves uh, championship oh, hooded fantastic. sweatshirt i believe yeah no, no fantastic no. it was well, great no, well was great thank you murray for, that, uh, that's, a, how, that's how it, that's how we started so we got our we did our research we chatted with murray um and basically we just got murray's story and uh it was great and just to hear it and you know murray had never told his story to anybody for the purposes of uh, you know, uh, sharing it with a wider audience. Uh, we had never talked to anybody with the 
with the explicit purpose of sharing the story. We'd read books yeah. and done, you know, half-ass internet research. This was actually speaking to a human being mm-hmm. uh, who had been there. So um, the lounge at the Stockpot. So the Stockpot is in a giant building. Uh, our focus, this is not a fine dining podcast, believe it or not. No, we're an event space podcast. No, no, no. no this is a bar podcast. Mm-hmm. We are focused on the lounge at the Stockpot, mm-hmm. and it is a great place to be focused. So um, it's a relatively small portion of this large building. The building, uh, as we said, has a large restaurant side plus a banquet space, uh, which once also contained the pro shop and locker rooms for players at the old Progress Downs. So the stockpot, we're going to talk about the bar. The bar is fairly unchanged from its origins. Um, And Murray has been involved with this place for as long as I've been alive. Uh, He came to Portland to help open a restaurant in the city proper called The Gathering Place, and started bartending on the side at the Stockpot in 1979. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was born in 78. You weren't born yet, I mate. was not born yet. Nope. So nope. he's there slinging drinks. And uh, two years later, he had an opportunity to buy the whole fucking thing and decided it was time to operate his own place for the first time. And he went for it. And he's still there. Stockpot has been under uh, Murray's watch uh, for as long as I've been alive. It's incredible. So Murray tells us the original bar, uh, basically the same, but featured a lot more dark wood and live plants, as was the style of the era, Nate. Oh, man, we've heard this this term. What's the term that we've heard? Our man Paul Pintrich used to dismissively Uh, refer to the fern bars. bars. You didn't care for those fern bars. Um, And uh, I, I, you know... Uh, not to get into what the bar is, but I could picture a couple ferns around there. Uh, if you, if you, I don't know. Hey, I kept them alive. Uh, but no, no, they'd have to bust them in every week. <laughs> like yeah. rolling in the turf in those uh, mm-hmm. you know, stadiums there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I could see it being a fern bar. Sure. It's a, it's a classy-ish place. Um, it really is. Well, here's, one, here's my favorite thing about the Stockpot uh, in terms of its old history. Mm. So one of its claim to fame... Uh, was a cast iron kettle, possibly called a stockpot. Sure. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a that term. contained actual soup that they kept hanging above their large fireplace in the lounge. And from nine to midnight, you could eat as much as you could ladle for free. I just, you know, it just seems it's it's so silly. It has to be true. Yes. And they, uh, you, the the fireplace is still there. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, there is not a giant stockpot hanging no. in there right now. I blame those damn state regulators. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to that OLCC story I had. Uh, yeah, here's some clam Tito. chowder that's been here since. 2 p.m. I can have as much of this as you as I, as I want. Sure you can, sure you can Rummy. Uh, yeah. Can I get into it and blow? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's it was the uh, thing that he said uh, about the place where uh, my whole perspective of the whole place changed. And uh, I can't. I can picture a guy laid out on that couch in front of the fireplace, slurping soup. And and being told it's time to go, and I just I love it. <laughs> That's I just right, love it. That's right. And apparently, as Nate mentioned, there was some sort of blue plush lounging type sofa that was right in front of that fireplace. And from uh, other interviews with staff, including uh, longtime server Sharon Ryman, uh, if you're listening, uh, told us 
that couch was not the kind of uh, thing you'd want to run a, uh, a black light across, if you know what I mean. <laughs> sure. From, from all the soup splatter. Yeah, there's some, right. some chowder. <laughs> yeah. Some chowder has spilled on that couch. Yeah, so uh, to speak. But apparently that couch was a legend in its own right. Um, so Murray tells us basically, you know, this place was always a busy bar. Uh, it was part of a like four or five bar circuit mm-hmm. in kind of the uh, greater Beaverton Tigered, you know, borderlands where you know it was kind of the nightlife circuit. Uh, you'd make the rounds. You'd you'd move it around from place to place. Yeah, places uh, like the refectory and yeah, uh, Abernathy's. Abernathy's. Thank you. Stuff. I I wrote refectory and I r- tried to read my notes. <laughs> And this? I said, "What in God's name?" This gobbledygook. Yes, and there's a you. sailors out in these parts as well. Yeah, there used to be a a, another sailors, another famous, old sailors uh, country kitchen. Or yeah, whatever the famous there. sailors. Yeah, great. Um, and essentially, uh, you know, basically our our chat with Murray, he reviewed, you know, just some of the you know the economic ups and downs of running a bar. You know, flush in the '80s, uh, then recession, then good again, then 9/11, then pick back up, then a downturn in the uh, the great, you know, downturn, the recession again in 2008, and then the old uh, pandemic three years ago, mm. which shot it all fucking down. Exactly three years ago. Wow, boy. Um, that's, uh, I guess, you know, of course, as things go, so do the bars. Uh, but, you know, you can kind of, they're like uh, cutting a tree down and, and looking at the, uh, the rings. Uh, you can see the, through the ups and downs, you can track. Human history. Exactly. Uh, what did he say about um, how he made it through the pandemic? What did he say about how? Yeah. What yeah. his? What his? Like uh, as the owner, how he how he dealt with the pandemic? Well, uh, I remember the story he told. It was uh, you know apparently his wife Debbie uh, grew up a- across the street. Yeah. From the stockpot in That's Progress right. Downs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, like literally across literally, the street. Like you could yeah, see like her house the from the, the golf course. Yeah, and yeah. said, uh, and I think he said she even worked there when it first opened before he got there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said during the COVID closures, they would come to the locked bar and have private date nights just to, you know, just to be at the bar, just to get out of the house. And uh, he remembers those kind of fondly of like, well, it was a fucked up time. Uh, that, and I guess if. You and I had owned a bar. That's exactly what you and I would have done. Yeah, but you and I would have gone. I'm a little pissed. He didn't, he didn't ask us to come <laughs> yeah, along and I know. sit a few tables away. You know, I think we're ready for the next pandemic, though, to be invited. You know, I the, think so. 20, Fingers crossed. If this goes I hear, well, I hear 2017 is going to be a huge. Uh, 2017, 2027 is going to be sure. a huge, huge pandemic <laughs> year for us. So. Uh, keep your fingers crossed that uh, in general you know uh we had some great stories from people who actually have been there for a long time and that the stockpot it is um unique in that it is filled with people who have extreme loyalty to this place and love to work there uh not just the owner and we're going to talk with andy mason later on yep uh and we talked to sharon who's been a restaurant server there since 1992 yeah and sharon was gracious enough to sit down with us in the bar and share some of her stories uh sharon was a former hotel restaurant manager who said when she was considering working at the stockpot she was at first insulted and offended by what she said was a terrible wine list boxed chablis uh was one of the highlights the Uh, horror the horror but but she said, I, you know, she said she saw the chemistry between the staff. Uh, they all hugged hello, she remembers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the warmth was obvious. And she did say the wine list has been good for a long time now. So if you're a, 
own a file and you're listening to this, no, uh, there's welcome the, to the podcast. <laughs> and it's, also, it's, you can have the wine at Stockpot. It's very good. Sharon had so many great stories about the connections that she made with the people she worked with and, and how... Uh, those would carry on to the other places when you weren't working, the, you know, throughout your day. And, and that's, that's something we see. We see the staff, when they're done working, they sit at the bar and they start drinking. They're, they're part of the bar yeah. when their shift ends. And, and we say, well, that's got, that must be uh, a sign of a great bar. And, yeah. and Sharon said, yeah, absolutely. And it's it not, is. it's not a recent thing, which I, I didn't know. Right. thought maybe it's, maybe it's just been there for five years, but it's, all the way back to the early 90s. Yeah. Um, I asked her about the staff uniform when she started. Right. Because this is fine dining now. <laughs> and uh, she said, of course, it was the classic cummerbund and tuxedo shirt bow tie combo. She couldn't remember, but I think you and I were pretty sure those are going to be a hot neon type yep. color it's in it's the it's early it's 90s. It. Yep. It's got it's to a, be uh, your rental for your uh, prom. Something we wore to prom. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yep. Exactly. We could have gone right from prom to our shift at Stockpot and, and not missed a beat there. It would have been perfect. So she gave us some, uh, just a hint, a shtickle of stories about the legendary Stockpot holiday parties. Please. What we were supposed to ask oh, Vance it, about. By the way, uh, if you're, their kids are listening, go ahead and put them to bed right now and we'll... And we'll, uh, well we don't have any we'll, of the details because we'll, <laughs> Vance, if you're listening, Vance... We texted you, <laughs> and uh, we're going to get you on the director's cut of this, because uh, apparently you know all the details about the legendary Stockpot parties. I just heard uh, uh, Vance is the catering manager at the Stockpot, also been employed there for 30-plus years. Uh, I've just heard that uh, the staff collectively, uh, I think Sharon told us, had been 86 from several bars in the yeah. region, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, <laughs> We're celebrating the Christmas party. So it was a stockpot uh, blacklist. They were dragged out of the sailors uh, uh, for their uh, holiday party or something like that. It was, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. great. It was, was great. Fantastic. And then we, her, uh, the final story I wrote down was that, you know, just the story about the guy uh, when they expanded the lounge, which is pretty intimate. Uh, they expanded it to uh, add a little extra extra room, and uh, you know, had somebody doing some concrete uh, flooring. Apparently. He, was a friend of a fr- he was a friend of the bartender at the time and yeah. uh, etched something derogatory about the bartender <laughs> into the uh, final concrete <laughs> and then maybe like a decade later they're redoing the carpeting and pulled it all out and yeah. saw so and so sucks uh, uh, lollipops such such. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. etched in the concrete forever and mm. so it's a uh, just a a place where, where staff can be staff uh, can be themselves regulars can be themselves and uh, that you know is this a comprehensive history of every uh, thing that has happened at the stockpot no but it's the it is the it's the essence of the place of a convivial place that we're going to tell you more about absolutely it's very it's very convivial we abs what we can't uh, underline enough is how much we love the staff of the stockpot we love everybody that we've interacted with there from from uh uh chris to sharon to andy who we're going to talk to uh uh you jennifer you name them and, and they're they're fantastic and we asked murray you know how do you how do you hire so well how do you get people in here that we love so much and and you say you just hire them and you get out of their way and my god murray hats off to you for for having i think uh uh uh, uh you know, hat to tails, top to tails, the, the best bar gang in the business. And, uh, I can't wait for us to talk to, to Andy later about, uh, um, what he brings behind the bar because everybody else is, is bringing that same, Absolutely. uh, conviviality. Absolutely. But first we're going to get into our night 
tonight, which may have been our 1,000th visit to the Stockpot. Yeah, so Who knows? But let's get after it. Let's get into it after this break. Thank you. Okay, as I said, Nate, this was not our first visit to the Stockpot Broiler Lounge. No, uh, no, no, we we were pretty uh, pretty transparent. We like this place, oh, and we've been yes. we've been here before. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think they sometimes call us local legends when we walk <laughs> in. So this is the we've never done a bar on History by the Glass where we have uh, been to more or where they know us better. No, so this one is kind of in the bag. Uh, which is why we're so nervous about it. We want to do it well. We've never had the option to say, hey, this is where we want to go. This is the place that no, means the No, we just had to, to go. Yes. The yes. list compelled us. Now we compel ourselves, and which is terrifying. Make our own list and look at us now. Well, so normally we would ask ourselves, okay, yeah, what, uh, yeah, well, have you ever been here before? And it's yeah. a literal, oh, no, I've never been to the Lariat Lounge. I've never, yeah, I've, uh, I've never heard of Rumpus Room. Yeah, exactly. I, uh-huh. So today, uh, tonight, we're going to just, uh, you know, we're talking about maybe our first big memory of going to the Stockpot. So I'm going to yeah. ask you, Nate. Yeah. Do you remember the first time either you went or the first time you went, holy shit, this is a bar I'm going to go to for a long time? Um, I think is. Uh, I I don't remember the a- absolute first time I walked in, but I think the absolute first time I walked in, I said, this is a fucking amazing place and I can't wait to drink here again. Uh, just looking at the wrought iron things uh, regarding you from the check-in stand and the, the lo- literal lounge, the literal, you know, do you want to dine with us or do you want to be in the lounge? And then there being a step up and I thought, you know, I had a grandmother, I bet, who worked at this place, you know, that, that worked at a place exactly like this. But uh, my formative memory, the play, the thing that I think of as my first stockpot memory actually has nothing to do with casual stop-in drinking. Uh, it, it reminds me of you and I working at the place we worked together oh, yeah. and us celebrating or, uh, or, or um, uh, noting either uh promotions or demotions or sometimes both at the same time or changing of the guard (laughs) and it's sticking in my mind is like this is where we go this is where we celebrate this is not only a cool cool bar but but there's something else here there's something else about this place that is um, that is a uh, dog-eared for special occasions. Yes, and, and, and so, we would bring people who had never yeah, been there in their lives. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And so I'm sure the first time I went there was with you. I'm sure that that you said... Uh, you had never been there before, before... Uh, I, I don't think so. Oh, I'm okay. trying to think of if I ever ducked in there. Um, I, I wasn't a frequenter of Progress uh, Ridge or Progress Downs. Uh-huh. I, I wasn't a frequenter of uh, Redtail at all. It was... Uh, too uh, high level skill of a golf oh, course yeah, for, it still for me. Is yes, for both it of us, still yes. is and will always be. Um, but I, I was always aware of the golf course there, um, but not not the um, stockpot uh, facility or the club. If it was ever the clubhouse then or or whatever. Uh, so I think the first time I went there had to have been with you, and and you would have said, "Hey, I I found this place near one of our house. We both living in the same area at the yeah. same time, so it had to have been something like that." And then it turned into a place to uh, celebrate or note uh, uh, work events, and, and and that's that's how I think of it. Yeah, uh, still actually, uh, even though we don't work at the same place anymore. Yeah, well, I think uh, yeah. So you and I were living in the same apartment complex for a little while yeah. uh, nearby, and I 
I think I had started going there a little bit at that time. So I want to say you may have parked your car there and had to walk down to get it or something. That or is maybe, maybe that a was the thing Chinese that's happened <laughs> 12 or 13 times. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I first heard about this place from a uh, another uh, Roseburg High School friend of mine, Sean Bettis. Hey! Uh, who, if you're a bar owner or raconteur, you might know Sean Bettis. Future friend of the podcast, uh, I hope. Maybe, uh, maybe. If we uh, ever hear the Joe Seller episode, I'm sure oh, uh, yeah. uh, Sean uh, uh, shows up. Well, he one. always said, hey, they got a great happy hour. You got to check <laughs> it out. That's uncanny. And, uh, it's uncanny. And that was all I knew about it. it was a great happy hour. And I think I went for one happy hour and it was crowded, packed. I went, okay. And I couldn't, it was too crowded. I don't think I could sit down. Yeah. Uh, flash forward, I ended up, uh, I left our, our mutual, uh, uh, our apartment complex there and moved to a rental that uh, was right off the 18th fairway of Red Tail Golf Course. You had fence access to the golf course. Yes. I lived right there with my wife and our then toddler daughter. And I said, you know what? This was the nearest bar to us. I mean, there couldn't well, have been I a closer. I need to start going to here. There couldn't have been a closer yeah, one. Yeah. And I started, I went to check it out a couple times at night yeah. and would drive around the corner two minutes and go to the stock pot. And then um, my first formative memory though, and I think... Uh, if you asked, uh, you know, if we asked Andy, which we're not, uh, or, you know, some of the old time staff, it'd be yeah. their first formative memory of me would be the, <laughs> the time my wife and I were on a, a date night yeah. and, uh, we went and sat at the bar and we both were just blown away by like the candor and, uh, kind of warmth of the staff, as you mentioned, getting off their shift mm-hmm. and grabbing a seat at the bar and having a drink and talking about their night and just sharing like uncut great stories about people they love and people they maybe drove them a little bonkers that night real talk and then the wife and i had had a great night out this was our nightcap and we just kept having drinks having drinks uh you know um and we told andy where we live right there on the 18th fairway and we're walking home after this and he said great well uh, a few more drinks later Mm -hmm. uh, we did walk home and we uh, just left through the back door, <laughs> which goes right towards the green, the right 18th on green. The 18th green yeah. And we uh-huh. said, and they said, Oh, don't you want to go? And we said, no, don't worry. <laughs> We're going to go as the crow flies. I can see my house from here. And we just walked straight down the fairway in the darkness. Uh, we got to the fence and the fence was much taller than I gave it credit for <laughs> in my mind. It uh, grew that night. My wife said, uh, I don't, I'm not climbing that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go around through these, this bramble of blackberry bushes. Mm. So my wife had her own horrible adventure of like <laughs> just getting slashed by blackberries, but eventually found an opening in the fence and, and got in, uh, made it home about 20 minutes before I did. Cause I was trying to go over the fence first in like dress shoes, wingtips. Uh, I couldn't get a ledge. Uh, I, I couldn't get a toehold. Uh, kicked my wingtips off into the bushes and then started to try to climb it in my socks. Uh, Long story short, I ended up uh, literally getting on top of the fence uh, and the pants got connected. The slacks I was wearing got connected to the slacks. The very slacks just shredded like a Wolverine. (laughs) And I'm sitting there just, you know, whatever you would call it, just Uh one leg on either side of the fence (laughs) Uh, hoping to God one of those fence wires doesn't go in the wrong area. It's already slashed my hamstring open like (laughs) Freddy Krueger. My pants are just open. I'm bare assing almost. Mm -hmm. 
And I had thrown like my wallet and keys at the foot of the tree. Uh, I wake up the next morning. Uh, I eventually get in. I think my wife's been there forever. And uh, the next morning, you know, we go to sleep, wake up with our, our daughter at crack of dawn. And uh, I don't know where my wallet is. I don't know where my shoes are. <laughs> and I, but I, I look down at the pants and just like, feel something not so much here but here and then i look and oh my god there's just just, just need a tetanus shot my i just need a big old tetanus shot blood. Yeah. oh my god and there's just shredded nice slacks on the floor and then sure enough there's my shoes and the blackberries and the wallet splayed at the bottom of the tree and some guy like practicing chipping uh, <laughs> off on, on the chipping green off the oh, 18th that. and that was my formative memory and then later andy was like boy we we just sat and watched you and your wife walk down that fairway and just said that is going to end uh, really badly. And sure enough, it did. So well worth it. That was my first. And uh, uh, God, I've been there uh, more times than times. I could ever yeah, count. You said a thousand and that's got to be right. You know, I'm probably uh, there every every other week yeah. at minimum. Yeah. yeah. And um, the you, you said something about uh, it's a place where you just uh, keep you keep having them you keep imbibing and it's just that's the spirit of it you, t- you can't pull yourself away from the place and even tonight uh yes we're we're working tonight. We, we were working we were there this isn't just memory lane uh we were there tonight and and we had the same thought we had to get back we mu- we were on yeah we don't want we got to work time. tomorrow and it's saint patrick's day we gotta we gotta drink tomorrow yeah we gotta drink tomorrow so i, I can't be hung over <laughs> And we we just said just, we can't tear ourselves. We can't go. No, we can't. It's so hard. It's we so had hard. to. We had to. Our alarms well, went we, off. What did we have tonight? We we Jeez, ponied yeah. up at the bar. This is a very intimate bar top here at the Stockpot. It's, it's a six top. Is it six? I yeah. think it's six. Six to eight. I it's think, in that. It's in. I, it's very I small. I want to say it's six. It's very small, but you want to be at that bar top. During Although pandemic, the, it was whoa, two. <laughs> Too. yeah and yeah. uh uh it's so i think it's i think it's six if you if you i didn't s- count i meant to count eight, uh, well you it's know. intimate but uh, we you want to be at the bar eight. top no more than eight yeah uh you want to be at the bar top although, because the, that's, although the servers in the bar are great as oh well. everybody's great yeah so if you don't get to the bar don't worry and everybody in the restaurant is fantastic too we don't frequent the restaurant we sit in the lounge oh, we like we the lounge like uh flies to honey uh tonight i had my uh my first drink tonight was um uh, the stockpot old-fashioned for some reason i associate the stockpot old-fashioned with the thing i've had i've had you know eighty-five thousand different drinks here <laughs> but um if if andy's back there pouring and and i'm opening up the evening i for some reason there my head know. goes old-fashioned and yeah so, and we did we did your bachelor party there. We opened your bachelor party. That's there. the thing, you and I. So talk about our history. We've had birthdays, anniversaries, bachelor parties, Briss. uh, breakups, oh. uh, brisses, <laughs> uh, uh, baptisms. There, uh, um, uh, all all kinds of, uh, of things. And it's it's just one of those places where it is it is perfect for the random. Thursday night and the, the biggest celebration yes, you want to exactly. have. Exactly, and we're not the only ones. Lots of people there doing the same. Right. Uh, well, I went to. Uh, I almost. I almost choked and just went from some like you know <laughs> Johnny Utah or something. Cup of coffee. Uh, cup of coffee black. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, no, and I realized I've uh, uh, my kind of uh, on brand drink there is a very strange drink that I, for some reason I'm at the stockpot. I think 
I want to do something a little bit different, a little bit. It's got to have a little yeah. liqueur, a little bit of elegance to it or something. So uh, somehow I adopted, uh, inspired by uh, uh, Steve Zissou in uh, the movie A Life Aquatic, I go Campari and soda with an orange. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not what Steve Zissou drinks. He drinks uh, Campari on the rocks. And uh, so <laughs> yeah. I went Campari and soda with orange, which I've done so many times there. And one time in this, it's kind of a, uh, bright red drink that shows up in an orange. Yeah, and uh, I was sitting next to a lady there uh, one I'll time by myself. What he's having, <laughs> and she said, she, uh, and the bar was crap pre-pandemic, and she knows, uh, you know, the staff well. She's a regular. I'm a regular, uh, and she said, "Hey, what is that?" And I said, "Told her," and she said, "Let me let me smell it." Hmm. Smell it, and she said, "Would you mind if I take a sip?" <laughs> and I said, "Absolutely." Oh yeah, 2019. Of yeah, course, 2019. You can. Go <laughs> yeah, ahead, yeah. and she. Took a sip and then turned and looked at me and said, "At what point in your life did you <laughs> did you start drinking that shit?" Wow, well, boy, oh boy, you know. <laughs> and what? Uh, I tried to explain. And she had uh, her box of Chablis. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was great. It was the uh, friendliest, uh, uh, like antipathy I had ever experienced. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's, it's, it's uh, fun. Fun to find at a bar. The so, the, the cranky. Uh, 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 patron who wants to talk to you there. but that's what we opened with and i will say stockpot for whatever reason and we'll get into the ambiance but it's it's not the place where you want to crack a bunch of pbrs and just uh you know and and we have bars where we just it's not a tube of coors light yeah uh, no. place um, they have them they have anything yeah to a certain extent to me, it's a it's a mixed drink bar. It's a it's a nice liquor bar. You can have an occasional nice beer, but and wine. I think that you'd wine. be happy as a wine drinker there as well. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, for for me, it's a it's a cocktail oriented place. Um, and and yeah, it's a. Were you drinking uh, Negronis and, and Campari before? Um, Stockpot. I had had it infrequently. Yes, I had had it once or twice as a way to like I'm. I can't keep drinking whatever I'm drinking. I need to change my palate radically. But that was when I first started just having it as an opener. Yeah, and I would have a couple, and then I'd move on. I'm yeah. So, but it's it to me. It's like a mixed drink. I can I can work in a few beers, uh, but it's a mixed drink place for you or something. Yeah, yeah, just something about it. All right. Uh, Well, we had our drinks. Oh, uh, sometimes we talk about food. Uh, Stockpot uh, is a uh, restaurant, so they have food. Yes. Anything we've eaten here a thousand times. Yeah. I had a burger tonight. Anything of the food menu that strikes you? I will note this. I do want to jump in here uh, before you actually, if I actually you answer, answer the answer thing, the question, answer that the you question asked me. I posed to. Yes, <laughs> uh, um, that uh, Stockpot was once known as maybe the best late night happy hour in the oh, Beaverton area. You beat me too I'm so punch. sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. No, you're right. But it is the thing I think of. Food wise, like oh my god, ten o'clock, ten o'clock. Let's get some fries and some uh, some muscles. I can't remember if it was nine to eleven or ten to midnight. It used to be something. It was phenomenal. It was the prices for the quality were you can't you could not beat it. Ain't happening anymore though. It doesn't. It closes early, and you know, even the best places have some things. You know, ah, if we were uh, turning the screws, you know, maybe, maybe you could. you could say this about a lot of Portland area bars that they've not they've opted not to come back to their regular hours since mm-hmm. the pandemic. Stockpot is one of them. Used to be open till midnight at the least. Yes. Yeah. I mean, some. Yeah, but they would close the doors at midnight. Correct. Uh, now they they're closing the doors at ten. Yep. A little before maybe, yeah. depending on the crowd. Yeah. Uh, you're right. The late night happy hour was phenomenal. 
Uh, it's upscale, well-crafted restaurant and bar food. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, mean, I will just say that. Uh, you could take yeah. your parents here and, yep. and have a phenomenal take meal. Take your professional colleagues. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and if you're eating at the bar, it's going to be a, a really good meal. Uh, it's not going to be a cheap you know, yes. bar food. I was going to uh, say, however, if you want to get out of here with six or eight bucks spent toward yeah, food, yeah, yeah. you're going to have a bowl of soup maybe. Uh, on down the road to Sports Page. <laughs> but uh, the, the chowder is phenomenal. Uh-huh. But otherwise, you're going to have great food at the Stockpot. Go celebrate. You know, if they bring back the late night happy hour, our waistlines would be pretty <laughs> mad. But uh, our wallets and uh, sense of joy would be very happy. Oh, please. So we'd, we'd be okay with that. Uh, anybody who's listening who might be a decision maker. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of making decisions, sometimes mm. we have to, uh, d- we decide we have to go to the restroom. Yes. And then at that point, we decide to rank the restrooms of the bars. Uh, exactly. Alfredo, I have one point which I think you're going to hit. So take it away with, with what you uh, think uh, of the yeah. bathroom of the stockpot yes so okay i i ranked the bathrooms on a five urinal puck scale uh one to five i gave the uh i gave the stockpot uh restrooms a uh a, a gratuitous two pucks uh you know they're beige and clean uh, like the inside of an 88 cadillac seville the <laughs> stockpot restrooms uh but you know what? I've earned them another half puck at least. And you know what I'm about to say. Absolutely. They used to have the USA, the USA Today, Today right above the urinals. <laughs> the USA Today sports page was every single day was placed with uh, thumbtacks on a bulletin board right above those urinals. Yep. And by God, if I didn't know uh, uh, what, uh, you know... <laughs> Sure. <laughs> what Lee Westwood hit Rory that day at the Zeta. Yeah. You uh, just, you, change caddies. You, when's the last time you read a box score in the newspaper? Well, that's what you did when you were uh, using the stockpot men's room. Yeah. Uh, well. Now it's a uh, copy of the menu, which is uh, probably smarter uh, and probably yeah. ultimately makes more money than costing money with the USA Today subscription. But Well... I don't know. And my mouth really doesn't water when I'm over that <laughs> urinal. So uh, that's the, my exact point. That's the one thing I wanted to add was uh, bring back the USA Today. It's, it's the only reading I would do some days. It's uh, it, it was a great little, just a nice little touch. A yeah, nice it's, little touch. It's like the oil can Henry's. When I can understand. Yeah. And we're very, you know, we're oh, sure. very. And we know we, people aren't doing things. For, we're very, for uh, we're, we're very particular in how we do it. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's take another mini break and then we'll, we'll be right back to discuss what the hell this place means to us. And then we'll eventually get to our yeah. piece de resistance. Some our warm, warm fuzzies. And then that's it. All right. So. Uh, my minutia, my minor faults about the restroom, notwithstanding. <laughs> There'll the, be a construction crew over there this weekend, I bet. There's some magic yeah. in this place. And you touched on it earlier. When you walk into the stockpot, you park in the lot, you come in, uh, they've got like a valet uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, driveway in front of it, a little mini thing. There's no valet, but they no, have no a valet. strip. Uh, no strip where yeah, you can just where drop, you drop off people off. People just a little bit closer, yeah. not that much closer from the parking lot. Uh-huh. Um, you come in, uh, you walk past that beautiful, gorgeous 70s era sign. Uh, they have a, a place they promised, I think Murray told us they promised yes. the original farm owning family, like, we're going to keep your. Yeah, your ancestors' uh, story up here. Yeah, they got like six or eight photos. Photos with the, the place is a was. working farm. Yeah, uh, you come in there, you walk past the you know the banquet area, and then you're 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 here at this. It's a 
It's like a hotel concierge desk, a hotel check-in desk. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, that's the new desk. It used to just to be like a little wooden uh, a uh, wooden podium. A stick of a podium, yep. And uh, you choose left, go into the lounge, and straight ahead, you'll be seated in the restaurant. We always go left, and then you're in this intimate, dark uh, I noted, uh, you know, tonight we tried to look at it with our HBTG goggles <laughs> yes, on. Yes, exactly. And uh, it's black on black. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's dark with just the, the chrome, uh, you know, popping off. I've always said this place was frozen in the early 90s. And I mean that as the greatest compliment of all time. Uh, and it's a classic. Uh, it's just a classic kind of 90s-ish place. It reminds me of the Pepper Mill a little bit mm. in Las Vegas. Less less neony. Uh, the staff isn't in evening gowns or anything, uh, but it's dark and uh, the mood lighting is definitely a thing more than many other bars. Uh, uh, that's my takeaway. It's dark and intimate and chrome. <laughs> so, and, you know, it's got some, you know, the, the rug kind of looks like it'd be in the Portland airport. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I love the space. I love the intimate bar. I love that it's a challenge to be at the bar. If you don't, if you don't time it right. You may not get to sit at the bar. You may have to wait and start with some outstanding service from the bar staff before you ascend to the big leagues and get to the bar. Um, I love the physical space of the place. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I I love the space. The first time I went in, I was taken by the multi-level, you know, there's a step up to some back seating. There's um, you know, six person bar, there's a couple of high tops. There's a lot of low four tops. Um, I'm taken by what I, I think of the stock pot as, um, first of all, I've had the best nights of my life with multiple people at the stock pot with you, with my wife, with my friends, with coworkers, with people you meet there, uh, with the staff there, and it is it is conducive to a hell of a fucking good time. And I don't. Yeah. It's there's something that you can't bottle at that stockpot, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, it I would be comfortable taking anybody. Yes, there. I, I long to bring my father there. Yes, I, I long to bring my father there. I probably never will. And I have I should. I, my I'm father like, is 30 minutes out of town. I don't <laughs> yeah, know why I have it. That's all. Hell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's that play. You want to bring the special people in your life. Yes. To yes, check it out. I've talked about, you know, but, the next anniversary, yeah. I'm going to bring my parents here. I'm going I'm to pay for their money. I've, I've brought my mother there. Exa- I've had my yes. mother there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she liked it. Uh, you talked about your your incredible time with your wife there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife has had the same imbibing, and I think the staff at Stockpot treats my wife better than anybody in the city. And yeah. and and people in the city love my wife. They love her more than they love me. Anybody who knows the two of us, <laughs> she's a number one, and I'm in the dregs there, and that's fine. Uh, but I I just I just think of it as. A sure bet, you know. I just think of the stockpot yeah. as a, uh, uh, a a sure thing. Uh, not to say anything about all of the people who are regulars there and all the people that are yeah. um, uh, 
Yeah, we're we're far from the only ones. <sighs> yes, no, this no. This is not a speakeasy necessarily. That being said, our greatest concern here is that we stanich <laughs> this place <laughs> and thousands of you listeners <laughs> run to uh to uh, eastern beaverton and and uh as long as it's not ranked anything it's just <laughs> no, too, uh, it's number one i'm telling you as long as it's two random booze hounds yeah. the podcast saying singing its praises but no i think uh i i i i don't know if we'll be able to put the absolute uh you know, our, our finger squarely on this, but there was a reason beyond it's just our local kind of, but there is something I've never, I've been to, I will say I've been to few places, uh, in a pretty long fucking time and a wide breadth of drinking around this country. A few places that I can point to as that fill you with a sense of belonging as the stockpot broiler. And I, um, uh, you know, it is a staff bar, in that the staff personalities, when we talk to Murray and Sharon and uh, everyone else we've talked to, uh, you know, Tracy, the daytime bartender, uh, who's only worked there 11 years, uh, yeah. relatively new. Yeah. Uh, Lee, the Lee. You know, bar server Lee's been tonight, there five only and... five, a rookie. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, um, Anywhere else she'd be the senior bartender. Yeah, exa- you know? <laughs> exactly. But people, there's a sense of loyalty and people, yes, they want, it's a family there. They wrap up this and they want to come stay at the bar and their their partners meet them out at the bar and their friends meet them out at the stock pot. Most people want to get the hell out of their office. They want to get the hell out of their job when they're done. Uh, but what I, I think my hypothesis, my synopsis is basically like it's a staff barn where they, where they feel they belong. And as a result, you feel like you belong. Uh, and I think that just that, there's just something that just oozes uh, through that. And it's decades in the making, not it's, just a 10 year thing. It's as if a higher up said, I'm going to get the hell out of their way at some point. Exactly. I, uh, yeah. I mean, as you know, we're going to talk to Andy Mason, our favorite bartender, in our opinion, the best goddamn barman in the city of, of Portland. Uh, From Timbuktu to Portland, Maine. But this predates this, this, energy predates Andy. This energy goes back to the early nineties and the, and I think it's, um, I think that's a salute to you, Murray. And, uh, we, yes, we appreciate your time. And we, as we always say, our ultimate goal, uh, as we do this primary research and talking to bartenders and uh, sharing the gospel about their bars, we just want to keep drinking there, right? (laughs) Yes. Anyone who has any, uh, any, any concerns about us talking to anybody? Yeah. My God, what I beg of say? you. Yeah. Uh, we have more stake in this than you do. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> the last thing we want to do is this podcast to get us can banished you imagine? from places. <laughs> can you imagine? Um, but, but there's, but there's no, something. You're, right. there's you're absolutely right. And that it's something about that. Um, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna ask Andy about mm-hmm. what it is about a staff that because it's it's rare, and I don't I you know. Uh, Andy's a super nice guy and I don't think he's going to put anybody else on blast any other bar, uh, even though we'll ask him directly. Sure. But you and I have been around a few places and we're not generally greeted many places with that level of warmth and, uh, welcome. Yeah. Farewell. Uh, thank you for coming. Nobody says that shit anymore. That's, that's what I'm trying to 
scratch at is the uh, the warmth and welcome of a place. And um, my God, if if you don't feel it at Stockpot. You ain't ever gonna feel it. You yeah. got your heart shut down to it, man, because you ain't ever gonna feel it anywhere yeah. if you don't feel it stockpot. Yeah. Our guest today, we are honored to sit down uh, with Beaverton's own Andy Mason. The head bartender at Stockpot Broiler and hospitality savant. Andy, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Appreciate yes, it. Yes. yes, this is a... Appreciate uh, it. I'm honored. On this honored side of the table. Here. We're recording live in the Stockpot. Yeah. I've been serving you guys drinks for four or five years. I'm honored to be part of this wow. Evan podcast. Thank you, man. This, this was a, this was a, a tough get for us. We've this, been this talking to Andy for... Get. This is our white whale. About a here. year, Absolutely. I think. Yeah, uh, that's a Moby Dick reference. Uh, for the podcast, it there was absolutely a year in the making or more. You guys yeah, been well, me it's for, mostly on our for, fault because we just could not get this episode out the door. So we've been well, just uh, there've been things with we've which been we, we've, life we've made episodes about actually. Yeah, yeah so uh, but thank you very much for joining us today <laughs> and and making it work for for your schedule. My yeah, absolute thanks, pleasure, it's a, fellas. It's a huge, huge. Uh, when we look back on the history of the podcast, this will be one of those uh, big time those banner days. Big for, time for, for HBTG. All right, let's dive right into Please. it. Please, yeah, let's get. To well, we, we got you, Andy. All right, so uh, uh, stockpot. Let's talk a little about the stockpot, where we are now. Um, how do you describe the stockpot to people who have never been here before? How do you describe this bar? My God, it, it's so it's impossible to describe the stockpot. We're on a golf course. First of all, people with that connotation, they think golf course bar, divey, shitty drinks, crappy food, fried food. Um, so yeah, I say we're at a golf course. First of all, classy upscale lounge. Um, yeah. I would call this a lounge. Some people might call it a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, when everything, when everything shut down in 2020 with the, uh, the pandemic and such, uh, what did you miss most about this place? In all honesty, the first two weeks were glorious. Have <laughs> you having a vacation? I've been tenant bar 30 <laughs> years, <laughs> five days a week for 20 years to have a couple weeks off at first was glorious. Um, yeah, I miss my customers. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of them coming here for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, you know, we know them by name, we know what they drink. They sit in the same bar stool every time they come in. I miss those people most of all. Um, obviously my coworkers as well. But uh yeah, um just the grind, man. It's 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 chaotic behind the bar. You gotta keep your head in the swivel every shift. Behind, especially this bar, it's very, very high volume, very busy, yeah. and I miss the chaos your, during did, COVID. Did your body kind of not know what to do around the house? So that you know, moving up and down, the, the we see a we see a move, you know, uh, uh, ten feet every night, uh, uh, once a second. You're just you're blurring <laughs> through through the the, the bar here. Um, I, I God, I bet it was just sort of muscle thing that, that you couldn't. Really well, plus my that. girlfriend worked the whole time. She worked during COVID, so I was like freaking Mr. Oh, Mom. Oh. I was cleaning the house, going to Fred Meyer, buying groceries. <laughs> I was cooking, cleaning, taking care of the cats. Uh-huh. I mean, it was fucking hell. It was worse being at home than it was here. I'd rather be working on the bar than being at home, to be honest. Uh, let's, let's zoom out, Andy. Let's go back in time. Let's get on our Marty McFly mobiles and, and go back in time. Uh, what's one of your... Alfredo and I have talked about, like as gr- growing up, we... You know, either sat in bars when we shouldn't have, or we drove by bars and we always wondered what was in there as kids. You know, uh, what was one of the 
earliest uh, memories of being at a bar or some formative like youthful bar memories for you. Do you have any of those? I remember back when I was a kid, mm -hmm. uh, there's this bar close to our house called Bleachers, and they allowed minors until like 7 o'clock every day. Yeah. And once in a while, you know, if I got had a good report card or whatnot, hit a home run in a baseball game, mom and dad would take me to Bleachers to get a freaking burger. I could watch the games in the big screen. I thought it was fantastic seeing the freaking TVs everywhere. I could rub shoulders with the old folk, the drunk old folks, you know, having a burger <laughs> at Bleachers back when I was a kid, back in the early 80s probably. Um, fantastic. First memory of being in a bar yeah, was Bleachers okay. as a kid. It was Bleachers, fantastic. Which is still here. It's still, believe it, right? it's still here. My yeah. favorite watering holes to this day. Oh, that's great. Um, what, uh, what made you want to be a bar tender someone behind the the bar do you remember that do you have any have any uh, uh mentors or uh my, or my, my grandfather oh. my grandfather andy becker who i'm named after had a bar in waukegan illinois in the 40s and 50s called andy becker's no oh. no no joke that's oh, what i'm named after it's in my blood that's fantastic um i didn't know that till probably you know early 20s yeah. honestly he yeah. died when my mom was very young but um yeah it's in my blood um I saw the movie Cocktail. <laughs> high school, probably high school junior. Oh, saw the movie Cocktail. Yeah, have we Big got a Tom Cruise fan back in the day, <laughs> Top Gun, Risky Business. We went and saw Cocktail, a bunch of buddies and me. Uh, fell in love with it. Oh. Fell in love with the movie. I, the whole bar atmosphere, you know, it, it spoke to me. Um, so I kind of planted the seed early on, yeah. seeing Cocktail yeah. as a 17-year-old. Oh, man, oh, man. Well, we have some you know, follow-up questions. The famous like, Pan so movie throw, didn't do very well on Rotten Tomatoes, but frickin' I love cocktail. I'm not going to lie. You throw a cocktail out there. We're going to have some follow-up questions. Now, uh, Andy, uh, now, Alfredo, uh, mm -hmm. what's the expression that you've heard Andy use from time to time around? Oh, man. That's a, the first thing he said uh, to me about uh, about you, Andy, was uh, you won't believe this guy. Uh, uh, he uses the cocktail phrase, bars open, when it's time to open up the bar. Yes, it's random. Just random yeah. when the bars... Oh, it's just all the time. When, when there's a lull in the bar, I'll drop a bars open, <laughs> you know, fairly loudly. Oh, I, I don't think my, my regular customers oh, appreciate that too much. But, you I, know, when there's I, a lull, shots, bars I, open. I've never had the opportunity to be here when there's a lull. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to a time when, when I'm not uh, uh, crawling with uh, people who appreciate this place. Uh, no, yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, well, I, yeah. I have to know. So, Andy, have you ever... Uh, dabbled in or wished you had dabbled in flair bartending in your career? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I was a big fan of TJ Fridays over there in Washington Square. I drank there probably every Tuesday for four or five years. I lived off Greenberg Road. Um, me and my buddies, coworkers would go there quite often, and obviously they're known for their flair. In fact, I judged a flair contest at TJ Fridays. What? Probably, I don't know, 2008, 2009-ish. Um, I drank there a lot, and it was a bartender. They needed one more judge. They asked me to do it. I did it. Um, God, yes, yes. I, I would. I would. Yes, I wish I could have practiced done flair. Do you ever sneak in a little flip behind I, the bar from time to time? From time to time, very seldom. <laughs> um, I've, worked at two, I've worked at two bars in my career with very low ceilings. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. But no, absolutely. Yes, I would yeah, kill to do flair. Gosh, I'm very envious of flare bartenders for fantastic. sure. And, and in, in cocktail, of course, uh, not to make this a cocktail podcast, uh, they they uh, have a few eighty specific drinks that they order from time to time. Have you, Andy, ever made some of these eighties drinks? Uh, so the pink uh, squirrel, perhaps, or or the dingling, or, or the, the Alabama slammer, yes. or maybe the panty dropper. Oh, perhaps. In fact, yes. there's two panty droppers on this table as we speak. <laughs> oh. 
hey, I'm not going to lie. Uh, that's a, quite the compliment, my friend. Oh, these um, drinks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. These drinks. We yeah. don't make those very often in my bar, no, but I just felt it was very appropriate. People, people of Portland. As a nice comedic touch. This is not a touch. bar. <laughs> we, we, we beg of you. Uh, don't come in here looking for No, uh, but, no Nate and I, uh, we love a good panty dropper. This, uh, this, this organically came out of some bar talk yes. uh, the other night. And uh, Andy was good enough to make us uh, some panty droppers. What, two uh, guys in their Just two guys. Movies? Just, you know, uh, two guys drinking some some men, pink uh, cream uh, drinks. And uh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're secure enough to order a panty dropper and, and drink one. Uh, enough, enough cocktail talk. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? Know, we have to move on. We, we, I'm getting the sign from the producer. We must move on. Uh, how long have you been doing this overall, like, the, the, the bartending gig? How long have you been back there flipping uh, cocktail bottles? I, uh, yeah. I, I, started, yeah. I started attending bar. In May of 1992. May 1992. So 31 years in May. All right, we've got um, uh, a Clinton Bush uh, campaign going on. May uh, of yeah, I'm a 51 year old bartender for Bar- crying Bar- out loud. Barcelona. We're in Barcelona 92. I love it. Nagano happens the same year. Okay, walk us through it. Where were you? Uh, How did you get your first gig? First restaurant job. Um, let's go back. It was uh, spring break. 1990, after my, my freshman year in college, spring break, I had an amazing mullet. I'm not going to lie. A very long Billy Ray Cyrus mullet. I'm home for spring break. My mom and dad are like, you know, you need to get a job this summer. You should start looking now. You know, may, maybe get a haircut. Um, I'm like, you know, let's just leave the hair alone for a couple of days. Mom, we'll see what happens with the job search with the mullet. I went up to Washington Square, applied to every freaking store, Washington Square Mall. Three or four days go by, no phone calls. It's like Thursday of spring break. I'm going back to school on Sunday. Mom and dad are like, you need to get a freaking job before you go back to school Sunday night. Yeah. Um, so I go to get a haircut. Um, my, uh, my stylist, you know, said, how are things going? How's the job search? Blah, blah, blah. What do you want to do? I said, I have no idea. She's like, well, my husband's a chef at the Embassy Suites. They might need busboys for the summer. I said, well, fantastic. That sounds great. Um, she called me the next day and said, yes, they've got a spot available for a busboy. Oh, Go see so-and-so. Yeah. Said, my husband sent you, you know, for a little, little extra poll there. Uh-huh. If I know the chef, and they hired me. And I started in uh, June of 1990 as a busboy. Embassy wow. okay. Suites, Washington Square. Service industry. First service industry job? Absolutely. Gotcha. Worked there that summer. I came back for Christmas break. Worked two more weeks. Yeah. Um, I was actually a pretty damn good busboy. <laughs> I worked <laughs> lunches and dinners. I did a little bit of room service, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, I loved it instantly. In fact, I took a class the following year in school, hotel restaurant management. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was something that might be fun later in life. Yeah. Um, cause I had no fucking idea what I wanted to do. Yeah, I was a fucking college dropout essentially. <laughs> I, I, horrible grades, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the hotel and restaurant management class. So, you know, MC suites, little hotel and restaurant management. Man. That's oh, kind of what touch, started the whole thing. Touch of hospitality, um, uh, perhaps. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, what's uh, so you're in Embassy Suites now? Checking the notes, um, we remember Sharon was uh, working at Embassy Suites, uh, correct? Wasn't she? Wasn't it? Yeah, one of my coworkers, Sharon. Uh-huh, yeah, um, she was there at the same time. Okay. I, I bust tables with Sharon wow. back in 1990 at the Embassy Suites. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. And she's still she's been here 35 years at the Stockbot. Absolutely. So it's when incredible. did you get when did you get behind the bar? Yeah, when did you yeah. make what it behind the bar? And how uh, how did that happen? I uh, got it. Basically flunked out of school. Mom and dad stopped paying for school. They're like, you know, hang out, free rent, but get a job. 
or get the fuck out and pay your own rent. I'm like, okay, I'll stay home, get a job. <laughs> I, uh, I enjoyed, you know, the busboy thing. Very, you know, it was amazing. And honestly, good cash tips every night. Met some cool people. The hotel was busy. It was fun. <laughs> I got a job at the Greenwood Inn back in, I don't say February of 92. Um, daytime busboy. It was 6 a.m. Breakfast, lunch. Yeah, it was absolute hell, you know. I was 20. I was getting drunk every night, coming to work drunk most shifts. Sorry, mom and dad. It's just the way it was. I was 20, <laughs> home from school. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I was a very good busboy. I uh, soon started waiting tables. Um, in May of that year, I turned 21 and so have it. The daytime b- bartender didn't show up one day for a shift. I went in and said, hey, can I you know, make some espresso drinks, <laughs> pour some beers, prep the bar for the night guy? I had no idea. They kind of showed me the ropes. I did that for two days. The bartender, no call, no show. Houston quit. I got his shifts. So basically May of 92, I'm 21 for like two weeks. Yeah. Wow. I've got two shifts behind the bar. Yeah. Daytime, but still two bar shifts yeah. as a young 21-year-old at the Greenwood Inn. That's fantastic. And, I, yeah. So many questions. What, first of all, what's the Greenwood Inn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take some of our- It was, uh, uh, it was a high-end hotel on the west side. Uh-huh. It was over there off Allen 217. Uh-huh. The okay. Pepper Tree Motel was next door to us, and they're still there. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, we were- Jason, the Pepper Tree, the Hein Motel, Hein Hotel, okay. um, when in, I think it was built in 74. Um, and I worked there from uh, 92 to 2003. Wow. Oh, my God, boy. I've always said that Pepper Tree has to have something in it, and I've been wrong every single time. There's nothing <laughs> the in it. The Motel, no. No, the Motel, no. But the no. big, uh, what's uh, now a big, like, uh, excavated uh, earthen <laughs> that still has the, the pit kind of the sign uh-huh, out front, yeah, like uh-huh. the Greenwood. That, uh, that was it there. That huh? was it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. after after that, where'd you end up here? Is that is that correct? Um, yeah, I'm, I worked there for 11 years. You know, I was a daytime bartender for probably six months, and I started you know taking IDs at the door in the lounge on weekends. I started bar backing in the lounge maybe after a year, and then I basically worked full time shifts in the lounge for nine years, bar manager for four. 92 to 03 to 03 yes and then uh 03 to now you've been here 20 years i've been at the freaking stockpot broiler my god that's fantastic it's amazing yes uh, uh, uh but let me go back to the, let me go back to the green I, 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 we I, we're missing some stuff we we're missing some stuff I, i've heard some stories i've heard oh. some stories about this place and it was uh it was a little bit of a hot spot here it was, on the uh, west it, was side. it was cougar town back oh. in the 90s yeah. um, it was uh to be a young 21-year-old lad in this place with yes. a bunch of 40-year-old women, yeah. two-time, three-time divorcees, multiple kids. Oh. They, it was... What was the scene? Was it like live band? I had big eyes. I had big eyes most shifts. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. When I got there, live music on Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, yeah. which probably went on for seven or eight years. Um, then we had a DJ after that. was mixing with some karaoke in the later years. But yeah, live music, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. It was amazing. Any, uh, any famous people come through the Greenwood... Uh... The green one. You, you got, you got anybody? Um, uh, you there was the thing called the Taste with. of Beaverton, a little uh-huh. food festival uh-huh. back in the day. And uh, the Greenwood Inn was one of the main sponsors of the festival. And all the musical acts who performed at the Taste of Beaverton stayed at my hotel. The likes, you know, aging rock stars like the likes of Loverboy and Toto <laughs> and Kansas. <laughs> oh, and man, oh, man. Joan Jett stayed there one night. Oh. In fact, I served her Jägermeister and Heineken one evening. It was, it was Pretty That's freaking pretty good. cool. She was fantastic. I, I'm not sure what year it was. The women's World Cup soccer team. They just won the World Cup. Yeah. They all stayed at my hotel really? for whatever reason. They were in town doing some Nike stuff, and they stayed all, the whole team. And uh, one of the gals, was, Chastain and Mia Hamm, and all those all those gals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the, there was a, a new mom, and it was Mother's Day, and I had to pull. I was in the lounge at the time, but I had to pull the restaurant 
bar shift that Sunday evening, and they were all in my bar celebrating this gal's birthday or Mother's Day. Phenomenal. Yeah. Pretty Not cool. Bad at all. You know, Mia Hamm, Chastain, the whole crew. Yeah. Great would, soccer bar. World fine. Cup champions in my bar. It's great. It would, it would, so it's uh, short 2023 20, is now. And you've been at Stockbot. So is it just the two places you've been the entire time? Uh, my, my buddy owns the 9900. I yes. went over there to help set up the bar program in okay. the restaurant. Pre-COVID, I worked there like one day a week for two years yeah. in the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy Jason owns that establishment. Uh, so you've been, this, been doing this a long time. Yeah, 31 years. Did you think when you first got behind that bar, this is it? Did, did, it, feel, did it feel like, hey, this is, this is something or... Or uh, it's just just happenstance that that that's you know honestly no, you, you don't think about it that way. I mean, I was enjoying my work. I was enjoying tending bar. Uh-huh. Uh, I was making decent money, making great friends. Um, you know, I was I was loving the life. It was fantastic. I could sleep in every day. Never set an alarm ever, except for tea times <laughs> and court dates. You know, that's my joke. I get you know quality sleep every freaking night. It's phenomenal. I, I love the life. Um, I never really thought about what I'm going to do when I grow up. What am I going to do after bartending? I still haven't really thought about it. I'm 51 and like, what the hell am I going to do when I grow up? <laughs> What's my real job going to be? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but no, I honestly, I never think about it until the last couple of years. Well, During COVID, I thought about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Body, you know, it, uh-huh. it's tough being on that bar. The knees. It's very physically demanding. Yes. The knees. Well, you, give, um, you give all of yourself to it also. We see that. Uh, now, um, you may not have thought about this then. Um, what... what uh, what do you tell people who just just start out behind the bar? You know, what's your Yoda wisdom to to people when they when they first start out behind? I mean, uh, what what I tell like mom, moms, you know, come in, their kids yeah. are taking golf lessons. My kids, you know, high school senior. Yeah. What how, how should he go about getting into the, the bartending thing? Yeah. Should I send him to a bartending school? Yeah. No, don't go to a school. The school's <laughs> a waste of money. It's a joke. Those drinks are outdated. Those recipes are from the eighties. <laughs> don't waste your money. Oh, I mean, man. I'm sure they mean well, but do not send your kids to a bartender academy. Let me take a sip of my panty dropper Absolutely. real quick. We'd like to thank uh, our sponsor, uh, Portland Bartender Academy. For, I mean, God uh, bless them. You know, they're, they're passionate. Their recipes are uh-huh. ridiculous. It's way too much money. Um, I, I tell them to do what I did. I was a busboy. You know, go in there, become a busboy, be a waiter, do room service. Just, you know, even go somewhere uh, as a bar back. Have them train you in-house. Um, you know, it's the best way to learn. And um, that's what I did. That's the path I took. You know, you kind of pay your dues that way. Yeah. And uh, it's helpful to learn all aspects of it, you know. Um, yeah, that's great. and serving. I was a host. I did room service. You know, I've done all of it. Okay, Andy. So when you're back there behind the bar, what what are some of like the fundamental philosophies? What What do you hang your hat on as a bartender? Like, this is what a good bartender should do, or, or this is what I do. Like, do you have some stuff that you're like, this is... How it's done. I mean, the the big thing for me, what I've done my entire career, I've wanted to be consistent as far as the drinks, the quality, whether I'm busy or not, I want to make the same drink every freaking time. Mm-hmm. Um, I really took my pride in my drinks, my, my, my technique, my recipes. Um, and also, I try to be welcoming. You know, the bartender is kind of the face of the establishment. Yeah, there's a hostess or a manager, an owner mm-hmm. at the host stand, but there's seating somebody. Nobody's there. They walk in my bar. I want to make sure they get greeted quickly. Um I've got mirrors all over the stricken bar. So if I'm making a drink, I can actually kind of see my peripheral, somebody walking in. I just want to make sure they're greeted. I say thank you when they leave. I think it's important to acknowledge that they were here and that we acknowledge them. And, you know, so basically, yeah, I try to be, you know, the MC, the host. They're yeah. coming to my house. I want to greet them, make sure they're, you know, they're welcomed yeah. is the main thing. Huh? Consistent drinks, be welcoming, face the bar, um, fast, attentive service. I've always prided myself on if I'm busy, then somebody sits at my bar top. If I'm like slam, I'll always 
stop, pause. So, hey, welcome. I'll be right with you. Yeah. I think that's super important. Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, that was my next question because for us, uh, the welcoming uh, aspect of it is what uh, stands out. Is, is, is that something that is just inherent to you or is that something you – uh, you picked up early in your career or how do like, where does that, where does that, uh, aspect of, of bartending come from for you? I think early on, I, I kind of wanted to be the bartender that wanted to serve that. I wanted to have served me. So all the stuff I do is I've, I've taken aspects from other bartenders early on and all the stuff I don't do. I'm like, okay, these, these fuckers do this shit. <laughs> I hate it. That's the one thing. If you walk into a bar and a bartender, even if they're busy, they make eye contact, don't say hello or welcome her or give you a, a chin nod or anything. They ignore you. Yeah. I'm going to fucking leave. Yeah. That is the thing that pisses me off the most about bartenders. They don't acknowledge you. It pisses me off. So yeah, early on I made, you know, basically I made, made the promise to, uh, always greet and thank everyone who came to my bar. It's just, Jeez. it's just what I've done. I did a little bit of retail in my early twenties mm-hmm. where they teach you that like seven second greeting. Mm-hmm. So that might play into it a little bit, but uh-huh. basically I just wanted to be, I wanted people to be welcome in my, my freaking house. Do unto yeah. others. Uh, how about that? As, uh, what a rule. You know, you would have, uh, uh, yeah, however it goes. Uh, I, I've always tried to be the bartender that I want to serve me. This is how I describe basically. it. Basically. Is that you, uh, um, I, uh, I, I feel like I'm the only one you want in the bar when, when you greet me. That, that's, that's how I describe your service. Is that, is that, even uh, if it's the opposite? Exactly. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and I, and I assume when I get in my car and I think about it, it's like, surely he didn't want me there. Uh, but, but there, the way you treat me and you treat my wife, I, I think that, uh, uh, we are the only people in the world to, to you, sir. And, and you go above and beyond, uh, uh making us feel that way. Well, so. And Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Why are why aren't more bartenders there's, prioritizing that? There's not a lot of career bartenders anymore. Is what you're yeah. saying? A lot of bartenders. It's a, it's like a college thing. It's like a summer thing. Yeah. It's a, something to do in your early 20s until you figure out what the hell you want to do with your yeah. life. Um, if you go to all the high end steakhouses downtown, you'll have some career bartenders. You'll yeah. find there some guys in their 40s and 50s, mm. ringside gaucho um, guys have done it for their whole career, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's an amazing occupation. I freaking love it. Um, I, I have no idea what I'm going to do after I retire from bartending, but um, I just think people don't look at it as a career anymore. Right. I just don't. It's fun to do in your 20s. Right. It's fun to get your buddies drunk mm-hmm. you know, yeah. for a summer or two <laughs> until you find your, your real job. But uh, yeah. for me, it's my career, and I, I love it, and I wish there were more career bartenders. Jeez. Um, Amen. That makes It's just good. a different, Jeez, a, a different time. Put on a pillow. Different time now. Uh, my, a podcast co-host might be your next career, by the way. I, mean, Pod- I think you're doing wonderful, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. We could go on and on about how, how pissed off we've been at Portland bars. Just, you know, <laughs> wait, wait, not even the eye contact. I can't even get eye contact from people. Uh, it's, it's just a transactional. Uh, it's just a. I don't want to say you've ruined me for other bars, but because uh, I think that I will always have that. But, but, but is that something that you experience when you're out and, and just, are, are you just always miserable every time you go out? Because <laughs> I would be. So, absolutely. It, yeah. it drives me freaking crazy <laughs> yeah. to have a crabby fucking asshole yeah. bartender um <laughs> prima donna no back in the 90s i think that was a great thing about learning to bartend in the 90s we we're making shitty drinks uh-huh. that we tried to make well yeah. sex in the beaches white russians Bahamas, mamas alabama slammers they were shitty drinks mm-hmm. but we know any better at the time we would try to make shitty drinks well <laughs> but yeah i think that the great thing about you know the 80s and 90s bartenders we were all amazing servers we gave great customer service we were fast attentive um 
jovial. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a big joke teller, but, you know, I can bullshit about sports all day long. I just think the attention between the bartender and the guests was way better back in the 80s and 90s. Now you get guys who can make you a fucking amazing cocktail. Sure. They yeah. call themselves mixologists, and uh-huh. God bless them. You go to most high-end restaurants and get the best Manhattan, the best old-fashioned, the best whatever in town, any bar in downtown Portland, but they don't have any personality. They're mixologists. Yeah. We need to make them bartenders, you know? Um, they don't know shit about sports. A lot of these guys, they can make you a great drink, but I want to bring, I want to make these guys bartenders. Yeah. You know, I, I also, I take my pride in making great cocktails, Yes, but I would never call myself mixologist. I'm a freaking bartender. Um, so we need to make those guys better bartenders as oh. far as their attitude and their personality. Well, yeah, I, I think you're- You can a, get a great drink, though. I think you're an outstanding craftsman of, of the drinks, and uh, I get the impression that you give a shit about me. So, yes, you uh, give a shit about me. And that's, and I don't not, always get that at every- I've been faking it well, thank God. Oh, yeah, I've been yeah, faking yeah. it well. Oh, well done. No, I'm kidding. Well done. You've made it this far. <laughs> no, uh, Juilliard, I, maybe, where I, you're I do care most next. shifts. Oh, my you know, we have our bad nights once in a while. <laughs> sure. I don't think I had a great shift tonight, but you know. Oh, it no, is what here it is. you are. You're, We're you're, all human. You're doing it. Um, all right. So you often hear of bars that, you know, have like this, you know, cheers type, uh, you know, uh, uh, ambiance and like cast of characters, staff, regulars, all that. I think Stockpot is one of the best examples of that I've ever encountered in my life of the people who come here frequently uh, I might be one of them and Nate might, might be, one, might of be one of them as well uh-huh. is I, I've not found many places like this. So tell me what you do to g- keep people coming back again and again. How do you make, I mean, beyond just the welcome and the farewell, like what is, is there an art to kind of cultivating a regular a person who comes in for the first time and like you do something you sprinkle something in their drink that I mean, makes them want to no, come no, back again it, and again no, and again. We, no, we are not accusing you of sprinkling anything. <laughs> because I keep coming back. I can't stop coming back. I cannot stop coming back here. No, no. But tell, but tell in us. In all honesty, what I do, yeah. um, if I meet somebody new, I'll ask what their name is, honestly. Yeah. I'll introduce myself. I'm Andy. Welcome to Stockpot. What are your names, by the way? And I'll write it down. I'll write down their names. Write them down. Um, you know, a little coaster, or yeah. little scrub piece yeah. of paper, or whatever. And I take those home, and, and I've got a big it. index with people's names and basically the date they came in, what they drank, kind of a description. So when yeah. I see them this, the second time, yeah. I say hello, Dick, hello, Jane, whatever, yeah. Bob, Susie, yeah. welcome back, Manhattan, um, Chardonnay, Free Miss. Wow. I mean, it, I, I try to personalize it that way. I try to get to know them a little bit, uh-huh. what their sports teams are, what their kids do, what school they go to. I mean. That's what I do. I think a lot of my, my staff's the same way. We have to know yeah. our customers uh-huh. like very well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, but, uh, that's you know, it's we, a little personal touch. Talking to people about how the, the regulars and, and how I, don't know, I, I have tears in my eyes knowing that you, you wrote you know, names but, down at some point. You know, I got a little piece of paper with Nate, Braves fan, Alfredo Astros, <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, the Astros. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Yankee <laughs> yeah. fan. You guys take us out of the postseason every freaking yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, just get to know, get to know the yeah. customers, honestly. Oh, yeah. And like he said, yeah. cheers. This place, we get all walks of life. Introduce um, yourself. Introduce it's, yourself. It's, it's, not, it's, it's a simple game, as they say in, in Bull Durham. It's like you're at you the bar, the, the other side of the bar, get a drink. You see somebody random next to you. You know, hey, I'm so and so. What's your name? What do you do? Are you Blazer fan, Knicks right? fan. Who do you like? You know, it's, it's it, it doesn't seem that hard. Uh, do I don't know? think it's that hard. Uh, I should try it. Yet, sometime. yet, <laughs> yet, it's uh, <laughs> elusive. It's completely. Uh, uh, it's, God bless you. It's an art still. Um, what keeps you coming back? You know, night after night. I, I know it keeps Nate and I coming back night yeah. after night. What What about you? What What is it about this work that keeps you? 
ready to go. Like let's I mean, let's keep doing it. I've basically worked in two bars my whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both West Side, West Side bars. Um they're both high volume. <laughs> Fucking crazy, insane pace. Um the amount of drinks we pump out is incredible. And it's kind of a rush. Um you find yourself in the weeds. It's kind of, it's, you want to pull yourself out of it. You know, you want it, to, it's, I get inspired to pull myself out of the weeds when I'm in them. Uh-huh. A lot of times you can't you have to ask for help, but it's kind of a rush, the high volume, the pace. Um, you got to keep your head to freaking swivel, yeah. busy. It's, yeah. it's chaos in this bar. It's yeah. absolute chaos. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's like a 50 chair bar, but it's packed every freaking night, a, a 30 seat, 30 table restaurant, patio, banquet rooms. I mean, high volume fucking right, drinks, right. fast pace. It gets hectic at times, but it's, it's fun. Just dig yourself out of the fucking weeds. It's, it's a complete rush Love and it. just have bodies everywhere, wall to wall, having a blast, partying. You know, it's, it's, it's my element. I love the environment. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's fun. It's just fun working behind a bar. Beautiful. Speaking of fun, uh, what? What do you do when you're not here? I mean, this is maybe, this is where we're going to get a little personal with you, you know. Uh, um, we're going to try to pull back the curtain of what you don't let people see here because obviously we don't we, we're you're a human being, uh, but you're also in our are in our mind a little bit of a celebrity. You know? Oh yeah, uh, you guys are too kind. <laughs> Jesus, stop it! Come on now. No, no, no. We get, um, we get those old uh, stars in our eyes when we when you see you up there on the big stage, and so uh, uh, when you're not here uh, and you're looking to do something you know fun how do you spend your days off you get a couple drink of i drink <laughs> i go to bars well that's what we like to do oh, oh um, just like us a podcast for you uh, fantastic hobby hobbies um yeah. pre-covid i played a lot of golf okay uh-huh. probably 50 to 75 rounds a year okay. pre-covid since COVID, I haven't played about more than we're, to, uh, <laughs> 69 more than we do. Since COVID, I haven't played much at all, honestly. Okay. I haven't played at all for over a year now. Well, but, uh, you know, yeah. like you guys enjoy going to bars. Yeah. Um, What's your local? Where, where do you like to, you're not here you know, drinking, where do you like to we, oh, we do li- you drink? We, do you come here and drink? No, I, yeah. I used to drink a lot here. Yeah, not yeah. not for many years, though. Not to say anything uh, against Stockbot, of course, but we all have our locals. We all have our places, right by our places. Right? Um, so, yeah, what's your, what's your There's a bar to? like a quarter mile from our house, Bethany's Public House. We, we go there often. It's a quarter mile away. We could yeah, walk there. We can crawl home if we had to, which we have yeah. on occasion <laughs> many years ago, of course. Uh-huh. Um, like I said, big fans of Bleachers. Um, very welcoming staff there. Our, our, Friend Sierra tends bar there. She's amazing. Nice. Um, just kind of sports bars, dive bars. Yeah. We frequent mostly. Um, you know, we get a El Gaucho ringside a couple times a year, which we appreciate. Good. You know, yeah. very sure. pricey, but yeah, we appreciate the, a, a nice meal. Mm-hmm. We would cook yeah. a lot. Me and my girlfriend, Heather, cook a lot. Um, yeah. What do you like to, I mean, is it too personal to ask you, what do you like to drink? Fanny droppers. It's assuming we, uh, a lot. It's assuming a lot. But uh, what do you like to drink when you're out? You know, I, I kind of depends where I'm at. You know, if I'm at, you know, El Gaucho, I'll get a Manhattan. Yeah. I'll get maybe a house specialty cocktail. Um, if I'm at Bleachers, probably like a Jameson ginger ale, a beer, you know. Um, I'm not going to probably get a craft cocktail at a dive bar. <laughs> I, I doubt they have, <laughs> you know. Hey, I'm, my, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I appreciate I, that about you. I, I, I drink <laughs> where I'm at, basically where I'm at. What, 
fits the room essentially. Yes, yes. Um, a lot of beer, maybe vodka soda, Jameson ginger at you know your bleachers. A little awareness um, goes a long you know. way. But yeah, if I'm at high end, high end restaurant steakhouse, I'll get yeah. like a specialty cocktail, maybe a nice Manhattan, old yeah. fashioned. Yeah, good. Um, if uh, you talked a little bit about, hey, I don't know what's after this man, but is there anything, uh, anything in the back of your mind uh, if if you, if you weren't if you weren't doing this here, Jesus, man. every day, you know what what uh, what you'd like to do? Done this for thirty one years. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I can't do this forever. Body yeah. after most shifts, I go home. I'm when, in uh, massive pain. You hang it up. Um, you put the cleats up on the wall. I've wanted to be a bar owner forever. Yeah, I don't know if that's in the cards this lifetime, but uh, I mean, I guess bar management, maybe become like a rep. Um, I want to be in the industry doing something. Yeah. That's a logical step. I don't really see myself wearing a suit and shaking hands, kissing babies so much, but that's, I don't know what else I would do. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, kissing I'm 21 not... year olds. There's, that's the equivalent of babies in the bar industry. Don't, don't tell my girlfriend. No, um, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess that's next evolution is just yeah. doing something else in the industry because yes. I love it, man. It's, it's, I've done it my whole life since I was 20. Actually, I was 19, but we'll see, man. I, I'm going to attend bars as long as I can. Yeah. I think I got another 10 years, hopefully. Uh, well, we'll be. Looking at you across the <laughs> God damn. Away from Thank it. God for that. Uh, yeah, you. Yes. Thank God for that. Talk, talking baseball and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and drinks. For Here's to that, years. man. Okay, Andy, it's time for the uh, infamous lightning round. Uh, all of our interview guests, uh, which is so far included one, Bill Clifford, yep. and nobody else. Wow. Uh, love the lightning <laughs> round. I'm in good company. Uh, there you go. There Great you company. Go. Me and Mr. Okay. Clifford, who I know very well. Here yes, we go. Yes. Fantastic. Good drinker. Good drinker. Okay, Andy, uh, I'm going to ask you uh, three have you ever uh, questions. Uh, have you ever vomited at a bar? Yes. Okay. Uh, On more than one occasion. There yes. you go. Probably in the stock bot at one point. Oh, nice. Many years ago uh, when I was much younger. It, uh, did you make it into the restroom at the stock bot? I believe it was on the patio. Oh, that's not bad. Outside the stockpot patio. Not bad. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy, uh, have you ever uh, made out with a stranger at a bar? Yes. All right. Very good. Uh, Heather, if you're listening, uh, it was long, long, <laughs> I'm long sorry, time. Heather. Oh, no, long time ago. Showing me uh, the calendar. Yeah, that was a long, long time ago. Okay, Andy, uh, have you ever uh, gotten in a bar fight? I've broken up our fights. Uh-huh. I was in the middle of a fight at a nightclub in the early 90s. Um that, <laughs> but I, no, I've not. I have not been in an actual fight myself, where somebody wanted to fight me and vice versa. Good. Well, I've had to fight my way out of a fight at this club back in the day, but I wasn't actually the one doing the fighting. God, these clubs were. Uh... I think it was called the Sunset Club, over there on uh, Barnes Road back in the day. Uh-huh. Kind of, uh, I think it was like a Greek mafia money laundering type <laughs> place. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, there's some. But I broke up many fights, anymore. many yeah, fights at the Greenwood Inn, and a few fights here at the Stockpot. Uh, 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 let me ask: What's is, is there a a certain technique to breaking up a bar fight when people are in their cups and just you know testosterone's going too much or usually usually they're know. completely shit faced and I'm sober, yeah. so we, oh, I've got the advantage. <laughs> but I've got you know I've got it's more than myself, uh-huh. my staff, my, my my coworkers, myself. Yes. Okay. It's, a, it's a team effort. Okay. It's a team effort. Dunk their two heads in water and say, knock it off, you guys. Hit it over there with the bottle. Yeah, yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah, whatever is necessary. Yeah, okay. okay, A chair go. or something. Uh, okay, Andy. Uh, favorite drink to serve or make? Old fashioned. Oh, hey, man. Right, Our old fashioned's fantastic. I love Bill making Clifford it. specialty. Uh, and at Stockpot, might I plug the Stockpot oh, yeah, one yeah. more time? Uh, it's fantastic down here. 
It's a, I believe it's what I had. I believe you mentioned it uh, yes, uh-huh. earlier in this episode. Earlier today, I had one. Yes. Uh, yes let's sure. see, uh, Andy. What's your least favorite uh, drink to serve or make? Anything blended. Oh, in fact, you, I hate I hate blending so much. I got rid of the blender about a year ago. Oh, thank God. I was you having are, a bad night making a bunch of virgin daiquiris. I marched in my boss's <laughs> office and said, Murray, can we lose the fucking blender? And he said, sure, whatever you want. I, I should have done that years pr- earlier, but I waited too long. God bless so anything you. blended. Oh. But the blender's gone, so I, I couldn't I'm good. imagine this place with the din of a blender oh, going yeah, every shut up 30 seconds. Oh, I, I'm not a fan of mojitos, although I've... Muddling. It's yeah. I, I don't mind making them as much now as I would have five years ago. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. All right, Andy. Uh, when you're bartending, you've got control of the radio. What music are you playing? Eighties every time. Eighties, yeah, eighties pop. There I'm kind of I'm kind of a, a hard rock metal guy, but I love eighties pop. Absolutely. Oh, we can afford it. We play it right here. Keeps right? The give me some Duran Duran. Give me some Cars, yeah, yeah. Journey. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe get some Banana Ram. Oh yeah. Know. Oh, is that the <laughs> What's that song from the? <laughs> they got that song from the Karate Kid soundtrack, oh, yeah. Cruel, Cruel Summer. Summer. I love oh, that yeah. song. Okay. Oh, God, if we only maybe had some more uh, Simple Minds, That's Breakfast right. Club song. Uh, <laughs> what? What's the biggest bar bill you've seen that you've been uh, uh, behind the bar for? Have you any any of those stand? Uh, stand yeah, up? I mean, my bar has six chairs, so it can't get too out of control. Um, one of our regulars' kids was turning 21. He gave me his credit card on the way out, said the kids are in route about 9 o'clock. Take care of them. I want to say up to 700 bucks for about eight people. Oh, All like 21, 22-year-olds like doing could, shots and whatnot. It was fantastic. I think we could do I feel like you're, uh, 700 bucks, I want to say, is the highest. We actually started Nate's bachelor party here, and I feel really we just didn't do it. Well. And that was all drinks. It was not one Nobody item of food. Wow. 700, 700 bucks in drinks. Yeah. Right. Okay, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. damn good. Okay. All right. uh, your favorite non-stockpot bartenders in the metro area. Give uh, God, they've all retired. Um, that's all right. Give them a shout our out. Our favorite bartender was Cynthia from the Bethany Public House. Mm-hmm. She was out at the Brickyard. Oh, okay. On Canyon, yeah, you guys been over there? Yeah, um, she's amazing. Tells the best dirty jokes ever. Oh, we'll, um, we'll have to ask her for a dirty good joke. friend of ours, Megan. She was at Sports Page for a number of years. She's now Bounty Hunter. You know, yes. Mago. Oh, we've we're Ma- great, great friends we of ours. Love uh-huh. Mago. She's tells a dirty joke as well. She's we'll amazing. Say, uh, um, Andy says hi next time we see her. God, who else is there? Sierra from Bleachers is phenomenal. But all the other, they've all retired. <sighs> it, it pains me. All my favorite bartenders have either moved away or retired. Shuttered bar you miss most in the Portland metro area. It's probably that. I spent a lot of time there early Beautiful on. Beautiful bar. Beautiful great, bar. Gorgeous. Um, yeah. Like gorgeous physical bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The VQ moved a couple of years ago. Yeah. Now it's called, I think, just Q. Yeah. The original VQ was amazing yeah. bar. A brick, brick wall. I uh, yeah. fucking love that bar. Yeah. yeah VQ Those are good. As well. oh, okay. So, uh, it's downtown bars. Good yeah. Job. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your favorite old bar in the Portland area that's still alive, still in business today? Um, God, it's that I've been there one time. It's Southeast. Um, it's in the book. Um, it's the brass horn. Is that what it's called? Uh, horse brass. The, the horse, I'm yes, sorry. The horse, the horse brass. brass. I've yes. been there one time. Yeah. I went there about three, four pre COVID. Um, after like a brunch with Heather's family, went to the, the horse brass. Yeah. yeah. I love the omnions, the layout, the setup, the, the artwork. Yeah. Um, yeah. The food was amazing. Yeah. Shepherd's pie. I mean, oh. it was, I, I love bar history and it was just a cool room. I want to yeah. go back. It's kind of away from home, but that was my, my favorite room I've been to. 
Love it. It's a great one. Uh, we've had a pound of peas or two down at the, uh, the horse press. Beautiful bar. Yes, we have. Which, which was closer. All right. The final question on the, on the lightning round uh, hot seat. Uh, is the most complicated. And Dear God, the one, yeah, or the one it takes of, uh, takes it, it takes longer to set up than I actually oh, yeah, ask. Yeah, uh, yeah uh-huh. but right now I'm calling it the quantum leap night out question. Uh, basically, it's if distance, cost, and even time uh, were no obstacle to you, where are you going, and what would you drink? What what would be the most ideal? Drinking situation for you, dear God. Any bar, or any, any, bar any city, any, any bar, any city, any time, any era, any whatever, company, whatever, and, yeah, whatever it is. Where would you go back to in your imagination? And just um, it was called the Rainbow Room, Manhattan, New York. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Late '80s. There was a bartender named Dale DeGroff. He's yes. called King Cocktail. Absolutely. He moonlit. He moonlighted there at the Rainbow Cafe, um, Rockefeller Tower. I think it was back in the '80s. I think it was Rockefeller Tower. Is that? Rockefeller, I think Rockefeller Center, uh, Rockefeller yeah, Tower. Rockefeller, I don't yeah. fucking know, but well, yeah, he he basically started this whole cocktail movement yeah. with fresh juices, um, craft cocktails. Basically, in the late '80s at the Rainbow Room. I want to go back to say 1987 sure. and have make me a, a classic cocktail. Andy, you're you're a you're a cocktail enthusiast through and through. We re- really appreciate your time. Uh, is is there any any shout outs you want to give to anybody out there who might be listening? If you send the link out, <laughs> if, if you send the link out, honestly, yeah, my my freaking bar team, my coworkers, yeah. my in the restaurant as well, in the kitchen. Um, I've been doing this thirty years in this bar for twenty here at the Stockpot. It's it's right now is the best bar team we've ever had, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. There's no weak links. I mean, amazing service, amazing bar team. Um, my other bartenders are freaking amazing. Um, Nat- Natalie, Tracy, Autumn, Alicia back in the day, they're phenomenal bartenders, fast as hell. You were asking why we're so busy, why people think of this as their cheers. The service is top-notch. Yeah. Fast fucking drink, excuse my language. I mean, <laughs> we, we ask ourselves why we're so busy, and I tell them, because we're the best goddamn bar team on the west side. Yeah. There's some great Amen. bartenders downtown. I'm not going to – we're not, yeah. not going to sure. downtown. On the west side, I'm a little biased. I go to a lot of these bars. My friends turn bar, a lot of the bars I go to, obviously. But mm-hmm. the Stockbot bar team is the best goddamn bar team on the west side. And I'm thankful to work with these girls, all females, by the way. I'm very yeah. lucky. Yeah. I got, I've got Christopher who runs food. Yes. Octaviana runs food. But I'm surrounded by amazing women, smart, pretty, fast, efficient amazing people as well i'm very fortunate so bar team thank you i'm very lucky i work with you all love it love it well you you care about people through and through and thank you very much for all your time well you know and and we mentioned at the onset of this episode before you joined us uh just what a like thrill this is for us to have uh, been able to book this to do this at our bar man where we uh, we just want to keep drinking. Mm-hmm. And so we want to do it right by the stockpot, but we're fucking honored to have you sit down with us, Andy. I know it's been a long time coming, but uh, shit, man. Hey, we, man. We may interview some other people, but you'll always be our first, Andy. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate it, fellas. I've been serving you guys for a number of years. I look, I look to continue serving you guys, getting you all liquored up, you and your wives, and you know, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. It's been an honor. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Bill was our first. Oh, cheers. Uh, (laughs) God bless Bill Clifford. I love you, man. He's an amazing drinker. Love you, Bill. Love Bill. All right, Alfredo. It's just about closing time here in the HBTG 
studio a huge, hearty thank you to Murray, Sharon, and of course, Dr. Andy Mason of the Stockpot. If uh, you want to see the best in the business, you can visit Andy at the Stockpot Lounge Wednesday through Sunday, 4 p.m. to close, or you know whenever he wants to work. Give the man uh, his due. He can work whenever he wants. Join us next time as we marinate at another historic Portland bar. And until our next episode, we beg of you, check us out on Instagram at History by the Glass. Follow us. Subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. And on behalf of Alfredo Vimoreno, my name is Nathan Bigel. And please, tip your bartender. <laughs> what do you do? We did fine. What we're do you gonna do? Just, uh, okay. We're just going to go ahead. Okay, now what do you got? Well, I got the intro to Stockpot. I oh, got, okay. I got, this is the thing I sent you. <laughs> you pulled the brake right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to continue. Four and a half minutes. <laughs> oh, wait, let's, a break. Oh, let's talk a break. <laughs> we can cut okay. that out. We can uh, cut oh, out. Well, we can we, cut out. Let's wizards, take a break and just wizards. go okay. and just tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. Oh, you know, man. bring, 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 bring your magic. Go right into it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fuck it. Dazzle.